Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Osland, and this is a Throwback Friday episode in commemoration of Sunstone 2019. Right now, it's the week of Sunstone. This is an episode from four years ago when the Infants on Thrones did a parody of the movie Inside Out, and we called it appropriately Mo Side Out. And we wanted to know what if the emotions from Pixar's Inside Out got together in a Mormon-formed brain that experienced a faith crisis. Which emotion dominates in a pre-, mid-, or post-faith crisis mind? Those were the questions that we playfully explored in our Sunstone panel of August 1st, 2015, at the University of Utah. So listen in as I narrate, and the audience chooses exactly what will become of Joy, who's played by Jake, Sadness, played by Scott, Disgust, played by Matt, Fear, played by John, and Anger, played by Randy. This is a fun throwback, so enjoy the Throwback Friday. Here you go, Mo Side Out. <laughs> this is Infants on Thrones. Throwback Friday. 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 <laughs> All right, welcome to session 352, Infants on Thrones, an interactive journey through the nether regions of the Mormon mind. My name's Bill McGee, and I am the moderator for this session. Um, before we get started, you guys all know the drill, right? Turn your, set your phones to stun so we don't have any, anything going off in the middle of this. Uh, be nice. Uh, if you can't be nice, don't say anything. Uh, let me go. <laughs> These guys—that doesn't hold true for the these guys, but but you have to be nice. We read the abstract here. The healing power of mingling humor with the philosophies of men, and occasionally some women. An interactive journey through the nether regions of the Mormon mind, if such a thing actually exists, which we will most likely discuss and probably debate. This is live, maybe, 101. Please bring a smartphone or tablet to participate. And the reason why is that we've got um, a phone number up here that you can text questions to that then they can grab live while they're while they're doing this, so so those and this uh, website and this website as well, and you can QR code this if you want to, and that'll take you right to the to the site. That's brilliant, by the way. That's great. Uh, the the presenters was our, was our idea. ERA stole it. That's not true. We stole it from ERA. So. Good job. That's right. Give the women their due. Thank you. I'm doing my best. <laughs> this is not very good. All right, so we've got a series of presenters. I need to run through these really quickly, and then I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, Scott Rowley is a family law attorney from Mesa, Arizona, among the principal founders of Any Opposed and the principal founder of the Mormon Genome Project. Which one of you is Scott? Right here. Awesome. 
Glenn Ostland. Is there? There we go. Studied Mormon folklore at Indiana University, focusing on Mormon humor. But he never finished his dissertation because, really, what can you do with a PhD in folklore? Sell catheters. <laughs> Instant graphs. John Hamer. There we go. No stranger to podcasting and blogging in the Mormon borderlands, which is a nice way of saying that he's the oldest, albeit the newest of the infants. <laughs> Matt Long. All right. A criminal defense attorney in Mesa, Arizona, previously working as deputy county attorney, where he primarily prosecuted sex crimes, child crimes, and homicide cases, which is why he does humor, I suppose. <laughs> Randy Snyder. All right. Randy Snyder is a practicing orthodontist. There's no one funnier than orthodontists. They may be accountants. Uh, in Colorado and a proud atheistic member of the skeptic community who's both proud and an atheist. <laughs> and then you Jake Frost. Proud. <laughs> Jake Frost. There we go. Awesome. Jake is the whippersnapper of the group. His brother Jake videos are a faith-promoting YouTube sensation. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to turn the time over to Infants on Thrones. All right. Uh, is there anybody here who has not listened to an episode of ours before? Okay. That's cool. Um, Only the standards. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play our intro, and if you've heard our intro before, you know there's a, at the end of it there's a bunch of little kids. Yay! So that's going to be your part today as the audience, just to kind of have a little warm-up here. So basically at this point, we played just the musical track from our introduction and had Matt say the intro dialogue live. This is Infants on Throne. The philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are the quorum. There we go. Yeah, that's Matt's voice on the intro, so. Okay. Now we'll turn the time over to Glenn. All right, thanks, Scott. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't have more room, uh, but it's a great turnout. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. So we have uh, a script that we call Mo Side Out. We're just going to read it. And then uh, at certain points in the script, we'll be using this technology again because you will help us determine which direction our story goes. So you got, you got that ready, Scott? And then at the end, we'll have, uh, we'll have some questions. And again, if there's any questions that you want to ask us, if you send them to that phone number, you send a text to that number, we'll get to them today if we can. Uh, if we can't do it today, we'll just do it on a future podcast. But we will address the questions, so send them on. We have our first question. Why is Scott so damn sexy? <laughs> we'll get to that one on a later podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. 
All right, so let, we'll go ahead and start. Uh, welcome to our interactive choose-your-own-adventure-like story, Mo Side Out. A few months ago, Pixar released a movie called Inside Out, where the emotions inside a little girl's brain take center stage. Today, we ask the question, what would those emotions look like inside of a Mormon-formed brain? If there really is such a thing as a Mormon-formed brain, but we may get to that later. So it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you our five ripped-off emotions, starting with joy... That's right. Are you going to say anything, Joy? Yeah. Okay. I'm just tickled to be uh, here. Yeah, great. Let's carry on. All right. Sadness. It's really too bad. It's the last day of Sunstone. Fear. I don't, I don't think we're going to have enough time. <laughs> Disgust. That poll was really boring. <laughs> and anger. My hand's too big. <laughs> This better be good. All right. Is that too loud? All right. So now we're going to we're going to start with our first interactive choose your own adventure type question. These five emotions all live inside the brain of someone named Peter. But who is Peter? You're going to help us decide today who our hero is going to be. So I'll give you your three options. I'll read them to you, and then uh, Scott will get that up there eventually. Peter is A, a Spanish bullfighter. B, a goofy goofball who is both a goofball and goofy. <laughs> or C, a woman with the unfortunate name of Peter. <laughs> Come on, guys. Don't just assume that your main character is going to be a man just because her name is Peter. Yeah. That was for you, Chelsea. Thank you. Did you raise your hands? Oh yeah. Could, could I get could I get some water? Crystal, anybody give me some water? No, Scott. No, Scott, you can't. Kristen's got to get the water. See, the joke was Kristen was going to hand me the water, and I was going to say, and they say we don't let women participate in the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so the majority of you chose. Option C. So Peter, or Petrina, as she prefers to be called, don't ask me why, is a diligent mother of three. She's the second counselor in Relief Society. She does her monthly visiting teaching on time without fail. She's a soprano in the ward choir. She's the volunteer cub master and runs scout activities every Wednesday night. She sits in on the local PTA meetings for her kids' school. She teaches piano lessons to the kids in the ward. She reads her scriptures for 30 minutes daily. She prays each morning and at night and again at every mail. She never rolls up her garments or pins them back with safety pins to keep them from showing. She goes to the temple once a week. She's never late for church. Her children are always immaculately dressed and incredibly well behaved. She goes to yoga three times a week. She always has a warm dinner on the table when her husband gets home from work. She never leaves a bundle of dirty clothes unlaundered. She's training for a marathon and in her spare time, she enjoys scrapbooking, baking cookies and pinning cool new things on Pinterest. (laughs) 
She's debating whether or not to create an ordained women profile because her friend is a feminist and she wants to support her, but she's not really sure about going against the brethren. And here are the uh, emotions inside of Petrina's head. Okay, be honest. Who, who voted for this just to hear us do really offensive <laughs> attempts at a female voice? Okay, well, here you go. Here it comes. I'm just having such a great time in the church. I'm just going to make my father, Leslie, and my mother, Butch, proud. <laughs> That's joy. I just wish there were more things I could do for other people. <laughs> I'm just afraid I won't be able to get it all done in time. But, but I, I'm afraid that there's so much more I could be doing, but I'm not. Oh. <laughs> uh. You know, it's horrible how women are constantly shamed for uh, what they wear, but you know standards are important. Uh, they should wear what they want, but if a woman's like that, say one, that one over there, <laughs> wants to, you know, look like a floozy, showing so much of her shoulder to everyone with eyes, then that's just her business. I mean, I'm not going to judge her for trying to turn on or trying to. <laughs> These are all impromptu responses, by the way. Yeah. Trying to uh, look like a prostitute to turn on every Harry, Dick, and Tom. <laughs> I should totally blog about this. Nobody appreciates all I sacrifice. I'm not superhuman. Maybe my feminist friend has a point. That got it. That's exactly what Satan would say. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not doing a girl's voice in anger. Right. Now, now the uh, the goofy bo- goofball got the second amount of votes, and the Spanish bullfighter got the third. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're all actually wrong, because Peter is D, which we didn't give you. But uh, Peter is an ultra-obedient 32-year-old guy. He's been on a mission. He was AP. He was married in the temple to a total knockout and is on the fast track to GA-hood. It pretty much says so in his patriarchal blessing. (laughs) Peter has just been called to be second counselor in the bishopric. Peter doesn't know it yet, but he's about to experience a real, actual faith crisis. And here are the emotions dominating Peter's pre-faith crisis, Mormon-formed brain, starting with the most dominant emotion and ending with the least. Holy cow, I'm in the bishopric now. Everyone's going to be watching me. I better get all the commandments or something terrible might happen. And how does it go again? All those in favor, please indicate by the, by the, by the sign or something. <laughs> you just triggered Scott. There's so much... Oh. There's just so much sin in the world. My kids are surrounded by it every day. Even the best people are far from perfect. I mean, just look at my awesome wife, Petrina. She does it all, but it's still not enough. And me, I don't even want to think about me. I'm just such a wretched and lowly and imperfect person. And I'm so eternally thankful that God loves me despite my faults. I don't know why that makes me cry. It just does. <laughs> Wait a second, guys. Don't forget about the gospel. It's the good news, right? Reading the scriptures, praying, going to church, doing our home teaching, following the commandments that uh, fear's afraid we'll, we'll screw up on. The other commandments, sadness is sorry we 
screwed up on. And uh, you know, just think about all the things we do and uh, how the atonement. It'll fill those. It'll fill the gaps. It'll fill the, the gaps. gaps. The gaps. <laughs> there's gaps. As long as, we, as long as we do everything we're supposed to do. No, there's no way that's ever going to happen. Oh, come on. Why doesn't someone just turn you two off? Like a light switch. <laughs> Think of everything the Lord has revealed. We're a child of God. All that. It makes me glow. Admits such a, and it makes me admit such a warm and fuzzy feelings. Isn't obedience great? You guys, God chose us to be his chosen, special, chosen, special, chosen people. <laughs> Man, this is awesome. <laughs> Ugh. I can't believe how stupid you all sound. <laughs> Obedience is hard. Nobody really takes it that seriously. I mean, look around at all the people in the world who don't follow the commandments because they don't even know about them because they refuse to listen to the gospel. Ugh. Those people just make me sick. You and me both. I just get hey, so... Hey, hey, careful, Anger. Don't blow a gadget. Remember, simply turn it upside down and smile that frown away. I think it's pronounced gasket. Get out of my way, Joy. Even Jesus got angry once at the money changers in the temple. That's how I feel about obedience and disobedience and the whole thing really especially of people who mock us for being such goody two-shoes don't they see how much crap i do to help the world i served a two-year mission i redeemed souls from spirit prison i get so totally flipped oh my god i get so flipping peed off (laughs) i didn't write this line When people make jokes at our expense, who do they think we are? Or who do they think they are? And how dare anyone mock us for the one true truth we represent? Where are my feet? It's time to start dusting. As I have loved you, love one another. End scene. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Peter's emotions, but like I said, things are about to change because Peter is about to have a faith crisis. And audience, you get to help us decide exactly how this happens. A, Peter is confronted by a liberal believing member in his ward. B, Peter has a dark, personal, not-so-fabulous-yet secret. And C, or C, uh, Peter has to deal with some serious illness in his family. It's a, it's it's tough. Oh oh, it's oh 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 They really want us to do the offensive stuff. And I will oblige. All right. Uh, so you chose the uh, B. So when he was in fifth grade, he had a friend, Steve Blade, and he's never told anyone how much Steve really meant to him, along with a few of his best friends in high school, and that one really tall, handsome missionary companion, and the current strapping elders quorum president, and the bishop. He's never told anyone how he really feels or all the wicked things he really, really wants to do, and his emotions are just all over the place. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's no big deal. You know, you just block it down. You just lock it down and, uh, you know, surround your sexuality and repression and and insecurity the way that God intended. (laughs) 
right? I guess I just might be celibate the rest of my life. I don't, I'm afraid that I can't. I can't hold it. I've, he's so cute. I'm afraid I can't. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, boobs and a vagina. Oh. <laughs> I hate myself. Why did my loving Heavenly Father make me this way? All right, thank you, Peter's emotions, but I'm sorry, once again, you're all wrong, because it was just really too hard to do the actual choose-your-own-adventure thing. Uh, So, really what happened... uh, Peter's faith crisis was actually caused by D. He found LDS.org's recent essays online, and within 30 minutes, he was in full crisis mode. And here are the emotions dominating Peter's mid-faith crisis Mormon-formed brain, starting with the most dominant emotion and ending with the least. According to us, we just are playing around with the emotions. You know, you see what's going on, right? Okay. Who's, who's the most dominant emotion mid-faith crisis? I turn crisis? the time over to anger. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't find my place. <laughs> page, page nine, anger. Page nine, anger. They lied to me. They freaking lied to me. They freaking lied to me. I'm about to go ape spit crazy on someone because they freaking lied to me. Talk about a total mind fetch. I feel somehow dirty. I I can't believe what I'm seeing. Almost a 15-year-old girl? That can't, that can't be right. That can't be right. Imperfect traditions of men, the light of history. Is, is anything I've ever based my life on a lie? How lame. Look at all those dumbasses out there who still buy this crap. How can't they? How is it they can't see this? It's just so obvious. None of this makes any sense. The whole thing just makes me sick. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Hang on. Stop doubting. Come on, Peter. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Oh, no. It's no use. I can't help it. I can't. Keep... Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. I let that camel stick his nose into my tent, and then his neck, and then his legs, and then his toes, and holy cow, I'm just a doubter now. <gasps> what does all of it mean? Do I not really have a celestial kingdom waiting for me? Did my blind obedience make me miss out on my most important and fun and rewarding experiences? What will my family and friends think if they know that I don't believe any of this stuff anymore? Where can I turn? Where can I turn? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where can I turn? <laughs> it's like it's like zero BC all all over again. <laughs> oh, this sucks, you guys. I can't believe anything. I mean, to think that over this time and all these years and uh, all my family and my friends, oh, this just really, really sucks. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? 
Remember me? <laughs> hey! Over here. Just come and, come and find me. Huh? I'll be waiting. <laughs> yes, joy may be at the bottom of the pile for Peter's Mormon mind when he's in full crisis mode, but that doesn't last forever. At least it doesn't have to. So what is it that helps Peter out of his crisis mode? And this time I promise I won't override your agency with a hidden option D. <laughs> Okay, so how does Peter resolve his faith crisis? Is it a disciplinary council that he goes through? Does he fake it until he makes it? Or is it the philosophies of men mingled with humor? Okay. Wait for it, wait for it. It's close. Okay, so you chose the philosophies of men mingled with humor. Peter listens uh, faithfully to infants on thrones and starts to feel the healing power of humor mingled with the philosophies of men and occasionally some women. He submits a listener essay that sits in an electronic queue for 15 months. (laughs) It is finally purged with a bunch of other listener essays, but Peter doesn't know and he doesn't really care because Peter's moved on and now he only listens to NPR. Uh, and uh, you, you all chose uh, this option where Peter leaves uh, all the angst of his faith crisis behind him. Some may call this Fowler Stage 5. Others may call it Nirvana or a place of no wind. And still others of you in the audience may say, Hi, I'm Brother Jake. <laughs> On there, infants. All, all these choices involve leaving the church. W- wouldn't we rather have Peter stay in, maintain his faith, and set an example for progressive change? Huh? Does that sound good? Sorry, yeah. Brother Jake. This presentation is coming from these six infants, and nothing in our lived experience tells us that staying in the church after a faith crisis actually sparks any real joy. <laughs> oh! That was the Kate Kelly. Right? That was I know, but that was good. Well, it's kind of a dark what, conclusion. What's wrong though. with that? Kate Kelly, what you're doing? Yeah, there is only one path. You are all headed to darkness. <laughs> Put your hat back on, Joy. You've been sparked. Hey, what a spark. But hooray, guess what? Crisis over. You found me again. Isn't life rich and diverse, full of hilarious contradictions? I see the humor in all this now. It feels so good to be able to laugh at the things that seem so serious, right? Right? Uh, and why, why the heck did I think Starbucks was so evil for so many years? It was, I was mind-fetched. The holy, cow, holy cow, you guys, have you t- tasted this pumpkin spice? Latte? Amazing! (laughs) Also cocaine. (laughs) If you really graduate from coffee, it really gets you going. It's a gateway drug, I know. (laughs) I can't believe how long I believed all that stuff. Look at all the people who still believe it now. How can they? They're so myopic and judgmental. Yuck. I mean, I used to be that judgmental, too. Wait a minute. Us Exmos are real judgmental, too. It's disgusting. It's like a big cycle we can't get off of. When will this end? I've been seriously mind-fetched. Sometimes I make myself sick. 
a lot of friends and family just don't understand me. They, they judge me. They think I'm broken and complete, and they're probably right. And they're always trying to save me. And plus, I, I don't feel quite as important and at the center of God's plan like I used to. It's so depressing. But mainly, oh, I have to wait seven more months for season six of Game of Thrones to come out. <laughs> And Starbucks won't even have their pumpkin spice lattes until September. Oh, dear. Oh, oh no. I really hope my kids don't suffer exclusion or alienation because of my choices. I really hope that when I die, my Mormon family members don't throw me a Mormon funeral. (laughs) But mainly, I sure hope I don't ever have to go to another one of those fast and testimony meetings again. (laughs) Mormons, stay away. Yeah. How did I not know this stuff? Polyandry? You mean Joseph Smith was banging teenagers and other guys' wives? And I can't abuse wait, myself wait, wait, hold, to Victoria's Secret? Hold on. You are way off. I went off script. <laughs> My line was so lame, I had to go. Did you hear that, Sunstone? (laughs) But it it may be lame, Randy, but it's an important line. Come on, you can do it. Oh, oh, you want me to read the line you wrote? Just read the line. There's a reason. There's a reason. Mormon? What's a Mormon again? Hang on a minute. You guys got lattes and you didn't tell me? Yeah. So trying to say that the anger dissipates... In a healthy post-faith uh, crisis. That was the suggestion. So we're done with our play. So thank you. So Bill. All right. I can just... And, oh, yeah, and, and our, our mics don't really work, so uh, Scott and I'll share this. Yeah. All right, it's fine. Well, that's the same one that's here, right? All three of us will share it. Yeah. All right, perfect. So we've got some questions here, um, pre-scripted, so unlike the rest of this. Um, So first question, probing minds want to know. I noticed that you used the word mind fetch several times. What were you trying to say by that? Remember, I'm the chair of the sunstone. What was the question? <laughs> you, what, what were you trying to say when you, you were saying mind fetch? What is it all about? Are you baiting me? <laughs> yes. yes. I, uh, apparently. All right, we'll just go. So in each, of the, in each of the three stages you depicted, pre-faith crisis, mid-faith crisis, and post-faith crisis, you chose to highlight certain emotions as being more dominant than the others. For example, ain't for example, anger and disgust are very prominent in mid-faith crisis, but less prominent in a post-faith crisis, although disgust is still pretty high. Why did you make the choices you made, and how accurate do you think that really reflects people's different experiences? 
Wow, this was so, so much deeper than I thought. I did right. not realize that. Oh, <laughs> give us some credibility, Hamer. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. So, so maybe that question that I wrote for Bill to read to ask is mainly. It's not fair for the other guys because I wrote it's this. Just but I was plan. hoping it would be more of a group effort. Um, and and really, maybe we could open up and have a discussion um, with with all of you out there if. If it was if it was even obvious what we were trying to do or what I was trying to do with the emotions in certain order, and if you agreed with it or if you disagreed with it, for for me, I was just trying to think from my own experience where my emotions would have been in each stage, and I don't think that's the same for everybody. Um, in fact, when I was thinking about the the pre faith crisis mode, joy's right in the middle, but maybe that's higher for some people, maybe it's lower for some people. Um, but uh, it, it was just try, my way of trying to say that you go through an emo- emotional transition. Um, but what we hear from people when we get feedback, um, we, we get a lot of, of emails that tell us that we've eased them through a faith crisis with the humor. And, you know, the, the main reason we do Infants on Thrones is because it's fun for us. We make ourselves laugh. But then knowing that it actually helps people, that I think that's a reason that we keep doing it. Um, so it's not insignificant. And that, But that, that's really what I had in my mind when I wrote it. But I, but I mentioned here what the other guys have to say and what any of you uh, have that you'd like to, to comment as well. On one of your podcasts, I noticed like, some of you were um, saying like the anger, like people just need to get over the anger stuff, but the more the damage the church did to you for a longer period of time, I would guess that that's about how much anger that people have to process, and which means that some people are going to be angry for a lot longer yeah. because of how much damage the church did to them. Well, I feel like the Hulk, where the secret is I'm always angry. <laughs> and it's just, it, something will turn it on, something will trigger it. When we get in the middle of our conversations, you'll see it get ramped up. Sometimes pineapples are invoked, sometimes they're not. And it will, you know, and, and it, but it will, it will happen. So I think I'm, for the most part, I can be Bruce Banner and uh, tolerate things pretty well, but then something will happen and, and you, you just hulk out over it and let that release. So I do think there, there's, the, there's a lot of truth to that. The more damage you have, the more angry you're going to be. And probably at some point there will be always some anger under the surface because it was, it was real trauma. And I think that the um, the, the anger that we that one feels maybe could be a function of um, the position of privilege that you're in within the church. So us, uh, you know, if you look at the diversity of this of this panel, um, I was actually mentioning to somebody. It's like, oh, I, I I know one of the emphasis. I don't remember exactly what his name was. I mean, I don't know which name was. And I was like, okay, well, uh, was he white, uh, middle aged, male? Does that narrow it down for you? <laughs> She's like, no, not really. Um, but, uh, you know, coming from a position of, of privilege within the church, um, there are some cases where uh, maybe the sense of loss is, is different because you were already, you know, as a, as, a, as a white male, you already have, you know, kind of the past set out in gold and you have, every, you have all of these advantages within the church, whereas if you're in, um, not, a, not in that demographic, um, being in the church can be much more difficult uh, Situation and that can be much more traumatic, and so leaving it, maybe there is more joy in the in the in the leaving stage because you or or maybe there's more anger. I don't know. So it probably has something to do with that. 
That was ambiguous enough. Ambiguous. Yeah. We, and we can go off of these scrivenges. Yeah, Matt, Matt said we'd been texted some good questions. Is there one that's jumping out there to you, Matt? Or Yeah, well, first of all, they want to know where Bob and Tom are. Um, they're, not, they're the least funny of all of us, so we, <laughs> we ask them to not come. <laughs> no, um, Bob's in Hawaii, like a dick. Um, and Tom had to work, unfortunately, but they're here in, in spirit, and we miss them a lot. <laughs> so uh, I've, got, I've got one here. I mean, the, the theme for this... Uh, this weekend's uh, symposium is the Mormon brain, right? And uh, the Mormon mind. And you guys were talking about this kind of Mormon-formed brain. Does that exist? I mean, is there is there such a thing as a Mormon-formed brain? And how much of that... Uh, 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 did you read John Larson's presentation earlier today where he was talking about kind of the lingering effects of seeing the world through a certain paradigm and how that li- that continues with you even after you, you leave, you still see stuff through that lens is that so so what what do you think about that about the, the mormon mind and 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 how that affects your your view of this whole process i think it's it's so deep within us that we can't even recognize it most of the time um the the things that i've even in the last six months or the last year confronted that i've now realized oh that was still a prejudice that I've had stuck inside me, even being years uh, uh, past belief. You can't just take those out of you. You don't, you know, changing your mind about uh, truth issues doesn't change fundamentally who you are, at least not, not over time, not on, the, not on the time scale that I don't, I think any of us have, have experienced. And the, there's certain ways of thinking that are hard to shed, um, like um, in, in the Mormon church, uh, we're in a culture of hero worship. Uh, Joseph Smith is a cartoon character, you know, superhero. Uh, Thomas Monson is like just the most amazing man on, out of seven billion people, um, and and when we're around them, you know, you know, uh, and and uh, when I left the church, I had to find um, you know other avenues of influence, and um, I. I had to really fight against hero worshiping people that I thought were just really amazing, like Carl Sagan or Tom, uh, what's his name, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who we have some issues with. But uh, I, I started to see them. I, I think there was an author that wrote an autobiography on Martin Luther King, and he talked about him being a womanizer. Uh, the FBI was tapping his phones, and he was foul mouthed, like that matters. Uh, <laughs> manners do not equal morality. That's my message. Um, so, who was the author of the autobiography? I don't know. I, John, can you tell me? I'm not sure. Okay, but he uh, he basically he basically got a lot. <laughs> going too long? No, it's because you, you said that somebody wrote an autobiography autobiography about Martin Luther King. <laughs> Auto. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, the the author of this biography uh, caught a lot of flack for, uh, you know, kind of tarnishing the image of Martin Luther King. And to me, my heroes um, are more interesting when they're human. And it actually inspires me more because I realize I got so many of these flaws Maybe I could do something that matters. 
Um, and, and so that's been something that, uh, and, you know, hero worship, uh, uh, you know, authoritarianism is, you know, you, arguments from authority are hard to shed. You, you do it all the time, even though you know what the argument from authority is. Uh, after you leave the church, it's just the stuff is so deep in your brain from the time you were three years old, and how you learn to learn, and and in your epistemology. Um, I, I we we, we kind of debated this amongst ourselves when uh, Lindsay first asked us to come to Sunstone and present, and we saw that the theme was the Mormon formed mind, and and I'm I'm one I don't really like the suggestion, or I, maybe I just don't like the way that it's worded because it's like the singular Mormon mind, as if there's only one uh, way of being Mormon, or there's only like, you know kind of one way of being brainwashed, and everybody's like that. If if it was Mormon formed minds, plural. I feel more comfortable with it because um, I, I I think that there's so much individuality in the way that people receive information and respond to information and act on information. It's not this big monolith that you can look at, but but there are certain things. Even though we, we were all probably I don't know if everyone was born and raised in the church that wasn't on the survey, but uh, it, we didn't take in all of the things exactly the same and we didn't focus on all the exact things exactly the same so i i, I kind of maybe there is a a mormon form there's a worldview that is common but i, I don't think it's exact or uh, I, I don't exactly like that okay yeah do we have questions from the audience yeah, yeah we got a whole bunch all right yeah go ahead let's go let's do that all right um so one, did this, they said they wanted to be introduced to the, quote, women behind the infants on thrones, and a number are here. We do want to, re- want to recognize them because they tolerate us locking ourselves in a room or not, not uh, being in, uh, engaging with the, the family sometimes many hours uh, in, uh, while, while we're recording. But I do want to recognize some of them. We have Scott's wife, my wife. Scott's wife. Scott's wife. Wife of Scott. I'm kidding. Lonica. Kristen is my... My my other uh, Jen is uh, with Randy, Erica with Randy for the day, and then stand up, Lonica. Right. Stand up, Lonica. Huh? And others couldn't couldn't make the trip, um, but yeah. That's that's true. So here was a good question. How, wait, wait, I want to ask. Uh, when's the last uh, time you listened to our podcast? You mean when was the last time they were forced to listen? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so one question was about how many hours does it take to put together a podcast uh, with the editing, the facilitating, the recording, and all those things generally? It's a good question. I, so Glenn's probably the one to answer this. He does about he he, he does about eighty ninety percent of it. Yeah, Glenn does almost all the editing. When I'm editing, it's it's very slow. I would say like three hours like to long, do. How long did it take you to edit your PPI that we recorded yeah, last time? I think it's like a year or almost on that one that it's taken me to edit it. But um, <laughs> but no, for, for me, if we like the last one that we did that, that was a couple hours long, um, it was it was a good probably five or six hours editing. Um, you're a lot faster at it. We, we have different types of episodes and different lengths of episodes, so it's hard to put a number on how long it takes um and and sometimes we put in a lot of inserts and sometimes it's just the discussion so uh you know we've we've done some where we've recorded it at night and we published it the next morning so the editing has taken a couple of hours and just 
sacrificing some sleep. We did that with, I don't know, a few. Um, you did that. <laughs> hey, yeah. can, let's, let, I, I want us to all have a, uh, a round of applause for Glenn for all the editing and the work he does. He does the lion's share of everything. To Glenn. Hey, thank you. We, we do really quick have, this, this was a running theme, which I'm surprised of. Do Glenn and Randy really hate each other? <laughs> or is that just... Why, why do you think we're sitting at opposite that, ends of the... That was a question. Did you guys do that intentionally? <laughs> do you guys want to address that? And can, can we have a mediator here? Maybe? Yeah, clear the air. Yeah. Uh, Glenn is, is an odd duck. <laughs> Um, Randy is completely normal. Uh, Glenn, I'm I writing mean, Randy's autobiography. You're, <laughs> Touche. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, if, if, well, if you guys listen to Glenn's uh, his his autobiography podcast, uh, he really like to uh, do like crank calls where he would pretend like he was going to want to commit suicide. Uh, he's got this really odd... I was 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, very... I call him Kaufman-esque where he, he really finds other people being uncomfortable hilarious. Yes. And so Glenn's way of like saying he likes you is kind of like the, the kid on the playground that pushes the girl he likes on, you know, off the swing. Uh, and it took me a while to get used to that. And uh, it's behind the scenes, not even through the group. Uh, Glenn and I kind of got to an understanding, and Glenn and I are actually really close now. So, and we re- we respect each other. I respect you anyway. <laughs> no, I've I've always respected Randy, and I've always been a little confused when he's been upset with me. Because <laughs> because nothing's ever seemed that serious to me. I, 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 so I've never. I'm just listening now. We. I'm just listening now. Right, right. I'm just listening now. It's just a joke, you know. I mean, it's just having fun. So. Um, for, for me, no, there's never been any harsh feelings that f- f- on, on my end. I know Randy's threatened to quit a couple of times, but... That was your idea. <laughs> this, this is Randy's last uh, presence with him since I'm thrown, so... <laughs> Let's see. We, we've got 30 minutes. Oh, are we got thirty minutes? You do. True. Let's get back. We got plenty of we got plenty of time. See, I was trying to move this thing along. Why don't we have more poll questions, Scott? We do, we do um, actually. We actually. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, no. no. <laughs> so the, this this is a question we get all the time. It's a good question. Okay. Uh, will we add more infants? And specifically, we talk, we joke about not having um, women's voices. Is that expected to change? The rule is last one in has shut the door. And so, I'm not, I mean, so in the same exact way in the European Union, when they, they you have to like every one of the countries gets to vote whether you get in or not. So now, Greek Cyprus says Turkey can't come in. So John Amor says no. John Amor says no. <laughs> I, we, we don't have any plan. I mean, we've never had any plans uh, from from the start. Um, when it was just six of us, it was just six people that we liked each other, and we started doing this together. Um, and I don't know. It was just uh, we we don't we didn't have plans to add Jake. It just happened, and it made sense to add Jake because Jake was a friend of mine for a long time, and he's really creative. Um, and we 
just thought, boy, he'd be he'd be great for the podcast. And then John, we had on the beginning with uh, the the Book of Mormon, who wrote the Book of Mormon series, and you know we kept in touch and we would we would email back and forth, and we brought him on for a couple of other things. And then he he, he kept uh, bringing up ideas, different things that he'd like to do. And I thought, you, you know, it, it'd be great to have John part of the podcast if you wanted to. So we asked him, and he said, yeah. And I'm I'm hoping this this gives me a good opportunity to put you on the spot. I'm hoping that he'll record some of the sermons that he does on a weekly basis and publish them as minisodes. He doesn't think people would be interested in that because they're not funny. But what do you guys think? I think they're not funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't think they need to be funny to be on. But, but you know, we, we do this really by the seat of our pants. Um, we, we've had Chelsea on several times, and there was never, like, a conscious decision to say, let's dial back on Chelsea a little bit. You know, I mean, it's just as busy as she is, things that she's doing in her life. Um, it, you know, so I, 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 don't, I never know how to respond to that question because there's no conscious attempt to keep people out um, of, of Infants on Thrones or to keep people off of Infants on Thrones. And I think what we try not to do, and we try not to do this from the very beginning, is what what do other people want to hear? What let's let's hit a quota, or let's make sure we we certain ideas are represented uh, in every you know in every podcast. What our goal is is to do things that we like, that we think are funny, that we think are interesting and entertaining, um, whether it be topics or approaches or scripted stuff, and we hope that people like it as well. So we try not to think about it too much or try to. Uh, be too crafty or try to develop a certain formula that we think will will work. Now let's bring in the quirky gay guy, you know, and that type of stuff. It's you know, hello, right? I mean, it's it, it, like those those uh, cliches in in Hollywood or in TV shows, and, and so we're trying to avoid that. And so I think as a result, people are, voices are not represented. Um, but that's what you know. That's what we say. Do your own podcast then, if that's what do the do the be the change you'd like. To to see in the world, if that's yeah, we we did just have a uh, recent uh, episode with the Debrief Society founders, some of the people from Debrief Society. So, are any of them here? Yeah, and and one of Glenn's best friends is black too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but I, we were we actually I don't know if we've ever told John Hamer this, but we were you know we have kind of it's all all guys here, and and we kind of had this rowdy sort of locker room talk, and and John being a such a, a great historian, educated, and really knows you know he he has so much gravitas that none of us have. Um, we were worried if we bring him in, is it you know are we not are we going to lose what we had? Um, and I'm really glad that you know we just kept doing what we did and sort of ignored his gravitas um, <laughs> after that. So yeah. so I, I don't like know. To, we bring him the, down to our level. We yeah. Think. Right. So if, if we were to bring a, a woman onto the panel permanently, um, I think that would also be something. I don't know. Do you guys think it would change the dynamic to always have a woman? There? I, think, I think every time we have a female guest, it, we, all, we all sort of change a little bit. And that's just the way that it goes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You well, don't think so, Jake? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just depends. It's just finding a personality that, that fits. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, I mean, obviously the fact that there, that the female perspective is so often missing, like, obviously, yes, that represents a blind spot in the in the perspectives that are uh, represented in any, any given episode. Um, but 
you know, if, if there's basically we don't have a rule it's, against it. If we just find a personality that's a good fit, then yeah. you know it could happen. I don't know. But we're we're also not trying to be all things for everybody. Right. So it, you know, I I, I kind of bristle at the, the there there's a, a defect in us because we don't have the female perspective. It's just what we are. And sometimes we have women on, and they do bring a female perspective, and it's great. And that's we're we're welcome to add that. But yeah, they can drive. What else do they want? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I'm so I'm guilty. I don't know. It's a podcast. Yeah, so that, that's, pl- that's like plenty of we, defensive we, answers, right? We don't. Are we, we done now? Right. Yeah. We, you guys, you yeah. Can, get off. Okay, a, get off our back. Huh? Stop talking. Okay. We had, so we had Chelsea on so many times. Talking. You know? <laughs> we had Chelsea on so many times. People thought that she owned the podcast or something. So. <laughs> Again, stop talking. This is getting Next worse. question. This is getting worse. This is just getting worse. Just So, oh, this one comes up all the time. Where did the name IOT or Infants on Thrones come from? Uh, why do you call yourself infants? Well, let's, let's start there. So that was, uh, we talked about that, I think, in our very first episode, but it was from the uh, King Follett discourse where Joseph Smith taught that uh, in the resurrection, there wouldn't D. Michael Quinn's in the back of the room, so I'm going but- to just butcher this whole thing in front of him. But um, the, in the in the King Follett discourse, he basically taught that in the in the resurrection and the eternities, that um, infants who had died wouldn't have anything added to their stature. And so, if you were to go into the heavens, you'd see these innumerable uh, thousands and thousands of children, babes, you know, Throned. sitting on thrones in the eternities, kind of a thing. So it's a way for us to describe describe ourselves um, realizing that we are very small in the grand scheme of things but here we are sitting on this throne of a podcast um, but realizing that in reality we don't really know what we're talking about necessarily and also uh, just a way to poke fun at a really odd uh, doctrinal statement from Joseph Smith it's more to make fun of Joseph and it was Tom that was Tom's suggestion yeah but it is also true when you when you leave the Mormon box where everything is so clear cut and you understand everything from infinity in reverse to infinity forward, then you step out of that box and you realize how much there is to know and you learn more and more about less and less because what to know is so sometimes it can be overwhelming at the beginning. And that's that's kind of where we were at the time. Yeah. yeah, just just one more thing, and and we didn't want to take ourselves too seriously, and we thought infants was a good, good name for that, and we hope we talk out of never, our ass. Yeah, we we, we hope right. that we never take ourselves too seriously. So we're, we're not experts on any particular field except those fields that we might happen to be experts on. <laughs> and we may we may identify that if, but nothing if that we okay. talk about hardly. <laughs> right. Um, how many downloads do we get a week? And are, is our listenership increasing, decreasing, or are we staying about the same? Glenn never monitors this, so I don't know what we can no, answer I'm that a, question. No, I'm, I'm a big stats geek. So um, last last month, I can tell you for July, we had 126,000 downloads, and that that includes our back catalog, and then uh, you know every episode that we uh, released uh, during the month, and and so probably 35% of that number is back catalog, and then the rest um, are, are our new episodes. So so per episode, we probably have about um, maybe eight, nine, ten thousand downloads uh, after about a month, um, and then week, weekly. I don't know what, what whatever that 126,000 is divided by four. 
and point three, whatever it is. I don't know. Carry uh, the and, one. and yeah, I, so I, what, what I've started doing is look looking quarterly to see if if we're growing, and we are. We're, we're growing. Might be by about six percent. <laughs> we we had it. We had a huge bump with uh, the Mormon Stories um, podcast that we did with John Delin uh, in December, and then before that we had a, a bump uh, when we did our Tom Phillips episode. Um, so. I love her name. It's esoteric. It's poetic. It's cute, but it doesn't have the damn name Mormon in it, which would help our visibility on Google searches of people that are struggling uh, with faith. Right? They're going to find stuff with Mormon in it, but you know, it's our name. Is your guys' goal ten percent? <laughs> oh, 10% growth, what we're aiming for? Yeah. No, I don't know. It, it, it's, 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 it's just a sign of, like, uh, appreciation that people like what we do. And, you know, so that, I think that's what's... It, I, I can't say that we're not... That I'm not driven by stats because there have been times where I'm like, oh, we're, we're low for this month. we got to get another mini-sode out there so it'll boost up the stats. <laughs> but, yeah. What's that? 10%. Glenn's the AP that... Yeah, that no, I, calls you it, 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 and says, we need one more discussion done this week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Will you make a mini-sode? <laughs> uh, so, this person asked two questions. The first one was a little, a little jerky, so I'm not going to ask that one. Oh, but. come on! Come on. <laughs> They're making fun of our pushing the podcast awards. It was funny. I'm kidding. So, okay. is there a podcast award you all are pushing for to try to win this year? Would it help if we nominate you early and often? <laughs> It's pretty good. But they also ask, how expensive is podcasting for you? Do you plan to ask for donations? Well, I want to address the podcast award thing first because that was cheesy. Like we, uh, Tom, Tom and I, did any of you other guys watch it live? As they were doing it, you know, because we were horrible. For, yeah, it was it was really bad. I was kind of embarrassed as we were watching it live. But um, yeah, we we pushed we we pimped it out, and for the uh, podcast award, we didn't win. Um, and then asking for money, I don't think so. Um, we we've talked about it several times. I think it would really change the dynamic of the way that we work and our motivations. Um, and uh, we 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 just don't like it. So no. Yeah. Oh, our expenses. I mean, we've got hosting fees and those types of things. So this is where why we add infants is that we can diffuse the cost amongst everyone. It, it really yeah, I don't know if up. you guys know John Hamer makes a lot of money. <laughs> so, what, what what expenses is it? Is it the hosting fees and things? I think that's all we got. Really, it, it's it's minimal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a, a good a good microphones. You know, hundred hundred dollars if that. Um, I need a new microphone though. If yeah, guys, yeah. If anybody wants to buy too. one for Randy, and um, he may quit. <laughs> <laughs> we give all our money to the Mormon Genome Project. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Uh, any direct evidence of IoT helping people out of the church? I would say no. I would. I would say we don't help people out of the church. We help people in the transition. We just got an email yeah. yesterday. We, we get emails we get fairly emails frequently. Very frequently. Um, uh, we got one yesterday where he's, you know, this, the, the general theme is you've kept me sane. Your laughter was therapeutic when I thought I was going crazy. Um, uh, there was one last week. Uh, it was this, this woman whose husband is still a, de- a devout TBM. All of her extended family are. She feels all alone in the world. 
and I responded back to her personally just because it touched me. And I, and she she texted back or emailed back that I made her cry. And that's the kind of thing that, like, I don't really care about the numbers. If if there's just a handful of people that uh, that what we do helps them stay sane when when they're going through a really difficult time, that's that's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep talking about this religion. Well, people talk about burnout, and are you going to get burned out on topics and those things? I, th- I think we've all fairly, pretty much come to a landing point where we're pretty comfortable where we're at, and we still enjoy talking about it. And we don't we do it for ourselves, not, oh, let's hope we help people. But if that does help people, that's great. Um, I think the consensus is we can be a landing place and help people process what they experienced, what they're experiencing, and, and hopefully do it in a way that doesn't take ourselves too seriously, doesn't take the religion too seriously, doesn't take um, anyone too seriously and realize it, it's not worth that and provide some, I guess, some some joy uh, out, of, out of that. So if we can be a landing place rather than a transitioning place, I, I think that's what we've become is, is, is my sense and what I hope we are. Another thing that fights the burnout with me is that, uh, you know, we're, we're eight guys in five different states and another one in a different country. And, and I feel closer to these guys than people that I, you know, live by. Um, and so just getting on, it, just, just the enjoyment and the camaraderie we have, um, it definitely keeps the burnout away. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very driven by friendship. I think that that's the primary thing. Okay, so the question is, have I had um, a lot of interaction with, like, Dan Peterson or Bill Hamblin or, or anybody who's a, a poly, you know, a major poly- So, So unlike um, my friend, like, Dan Vogel, who likes to go on the uh, debate boards and do the debating, I don't actually like to do that at all. I'm not pretty much interested in, in doing that. But I do know... Um, Dan and, and Bill very well. When I went to BYU as an undergrad, I was Bill Hamblin's research assistant. Um, and one of, the, one of the very first maps I ever published in a book was in a book by Dan Peterson. And so I, uh, I mean, I know, I know him, so we get along. <laughs> what, what if you could sing your debates to them? No, no, I don't. I don't. I really don't like. I really don't think there's any point in in doing that kind of uh, just you know head to head doing this kind of thing. There's just no point in that. Other people like it. People enjoy it, and they want to do that. I mean, it tends to be. I, my experience with that from the um, from both sides is that actually a lot of times on the apologetic side, the people who are not Dan and Bit and and Bill, they're hardcore. But anyway, some of the younger ones who are modeling themselves on them, that they actually are um, trying to convince themselves, you know, almost more than even the people on the other side, and, and like, it'll be one little stone and a chink in the arm, and you'll never even know what it's going to be, and then they'll come down, and on the very next moment, they're up on the other side, you know, and, and that happens a lot, so. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Uh, there was a question, do any of the infants attend church? Um, Tom, does yes, Tom I, I do. Well, you don't, that doesn't count. That's not... <laughs> Real church, come on. Real church, yeah, you know. Like the true church. <laughs> John is a pastor, yeah, he, te- he presents, but right. Uh, other than, does anyone else other than, does Tom? 
Tom still does, right? Sometimes, yeah. Very occasionally. Yeah, I think that's that's it. See, what's been interesting for me is seeing Tom's progression um, in the last three years through infants. I've I've seen him kind of move a little bit more than more than I think the rest of us. But um, and then the, another question: How long do you think the typical post uh, full post faith transition stage to be? How many years do the infants have? Meaning how... It seems like a lot of people are like, want us to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap this whole podcast up. How long, are you gonna, how long can you guys do this? Uh, oh, I thought you meant this presentation. <laughs> like no, just a lot of the questions are like, how long should this last? <laughs> no, I think they're saying from the time from believing to fully transitioning out. How, what do you think the typical time... For Scott, it was takes? a weekend. No, uh, no. I was losing belief. That wasn't the whole arc of the process. But um, Glenn, his ego was so big, it took uh, at least ten years. A slow burn. It's so different for everybody. Totally different for everybody. I've got I've got friends that have done it on their own and didn't need any kind of support or community or anything and just left and that was it and there was no drama and then for some people it's a lifetime of <laughs> of going through it so i mean family dynamics you yeah. where your spouse is where your kids are how old they are um you know i have, I have a friend who is a former bishop uh that was in the high council and is now in, an, in a bishop brick and he's a relative non-believer um i mean he's he is he's transitioning but it'll take him i mean forever i think to uh, to, if, if if ever he he really gets out because of his family situation is um, so so that certainly contributes I think if you if you happen to be married um, happen to have kids relatively small uh, relatively young rather doesn't really matter how tall or short they are they um, short ones are easier to control so it's um, but if you have if if you do if you're on the same page with your spouse and you can easily kind of move move your kids out I think and not have them they're not as it's going to be easier. It's going to be quicker, um, but then the mental process may uh, may take some time. So I, I, I find that even though I feel mainly detached every once in a while, I'll come across this unexpected pocket of attachment. You know that I didn't know was there, but there's this emotional thing, and I, I you know, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know it was there, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could put a, a number on how long it takes for for a faith transition. If oh, that was the question, the only thing I can say is don't stay in the anger phase. Is too long. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I, let me rephrase. It's a good point. Fair point. I don't think it's a good idea to stay in the anger phase for too long. Yeah. So, is that better, niece? I don't think it's a good idea to stay closeted for too long. Mm-hmm. So that was Amen. that was my huge mistake was going like I told you about my purgatory of of years where you're thinking one thing, doing something else, trying to make other people happy, trying to keep the peace. Um, you want to if you're going through a transition, you you need to take it step by step, but if you if you stall on that, uh, it can it can really mess you up. So don't do that. Don't don't make my mistake. John Hamer, someone wants to know if you have an online church service or if you publish it. That's why we need to do it for infants. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I am going to record, whether or not it's funny enough to be on Infants on Thrones, I am recording a bunch of sermons, and I will, I'm will. i going to post them. My, my congregation's website is torontocongregation.com, so that's pretty easy. So I'm from Toronto, and that's the congregation. So torontocongregation.com. And so we will be putting, um, I'll put some of the... Um, 
those on. And then we're actually we're building we're building a new church right now, um, right downtown, and it is also it has all kinds of nice. Um, this kind of AV facilities and stuff like that. So uh, we we are hoping to be able to do the services and stream them in the future. So uh, hopefully, yes. And if they're not funny enough by themselves to be on Infants on Thrones, we'll just make fun of them <laughs> and publish Smackdown. Yeah, you Smackdown. Smackdown. Hammer Smackdown. John yeah. Hammer Smackdown. Yeah. Uh, this one says, I can't see over the rows of heads. Is Seth Rogen one of the infants? <laughs> Yes. No, I am not Seth Rogen. I only do his voice. <laughs> Give us a good Seth Rogen. <laughs> do all of you have tattoos? No. Nope. I think just me. And Randy. Randy's got them. So I'm right. I got this uh, on my mission. Yeah. It's true. True story. Yeah. Yeah. But I only have one, so it's a just one. Yeah. Take off your shirt, Matt. Come yeah, on. I'll get right on there, Randy. Um, uh, how do we co- record, and where's the best location to record? We use Skype. And Mostly now the laundry video. room. Matt's, uh, Scott's laundry room and Matt's bedroom next bedroom. to his naked wife. <laughs> Which goes to another question. How do your wives inspire you? That's how. Version. <laughs> yes, but it's only my personal collection. <laughs> Are any of the spouses not on the same page as any of the infants? Do any of them still attend or... Uh, do they are they considered believers? Pass the mic to the audience. Monica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's some <laughs> sort of ish. Uh, oh, okay. I, I can speak for my wife. Okay. We're on the same page. Well, uh, in my, in my because case. she tells me to be, <laughs> and I do what my wife says. That question should have been uh, wives and husband. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm letting my privilege show. Stop it, Randy. Like you, like you came up with that. You Hamer leaned over, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> what about me? Yeah. <laughs> so Hamer, what does your husband think about this? Mike has not watched any, listened to any of the podcasts. Anything that I, I don't think any of my podcasts ever they're done with any. Oh, wait, he listened to the. Didn't he listen to the singing on Saturdays? The Saturdays Warrior. No. Oh. Well, you know, he heard that I was singing, and he's like, "What? What in the name of all that is holy are you doing?" It's horrible. It's like, what is, what is it? What is it with this podcast? Who is this podcast? What is this? You know, because he so he's found out about you know I identified infants on thrones, you know, as opposed to the other ones because of the kind of noises and singing and things like that. This is not like. You know, uh, Mormon stories. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. He hasn't read those. And then also, um, Mike is incredibly supportive of all the things that I do. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I get to. I tend to be overcommitted to all kinds of things all the time. And if we don't actually have a little bit of a boundary between all of uh, my commitments and all of my interests and all those kind of things, it'll pour over and just dominate all, all of his time. And so, um, so for example, I'm very happy that he's supportive of uh, my my church, but he's not a member of it. It's not, not, not his thing. He comes, he's a concert pianist, so he comes um, on a, a fast Sunday, essentially, communion Sunday, once a month to play, play the piano. But Yeah. 
Um, this one comes up all the time. Do we have a quorum president? Um, Glenn is the de facto leader. He just is. And it's because of the energy and effort he puts into it. Um, but that, is a, that doesn't mean we don't give him shit. Yeah, no, he, but he, he's uncomfortable with the role. He, he fights against it. Uh, but yet that's just, there, there's, in any group, there's going to be kind of a natural... Uh, I think a natural leader, and that's what's what's happened, and it's because the guy was, doesn't sleep, and he works weird hours, and he travels a lot, and and he's really committed to it, and likes likes it, and so um, so yeah, I think we all do look look towards Glenn as um, maybe not the leader is the right word, but certainly uh, uh, the driving the force behind baby. the podcast. <laughs> Glenn is the biggest infant of us all. Yeah. I like this. Do you think any of you will ever face any type of church discipline for our participation on infants? We're not women. <laughs> hey. No, I think that's... Uh, you know, some people find the truth to be hard. <laughs> and I think we're already out. They don't... Yeah, we, we are. We have self-selected ourselves out. They don't need to take action because we're not impacting people who are in the church. Well, I think that I think the difference or the distinction that the church has drawn hasn't been between members and whether you're active or whatever you're doing, but it's how you hold yourself out there. So, somebody listening to our podcast for ten minutes will realize, oh, well, these guys aren't everyday. Mormons, you know, we're not out there bearing testimony. So I think that's why people like Kate Kelly or John DeLynn were under the gun is because they're presenting themselves as being, you know, at least quasi-faithful or at least specifically reaching back to that community, um, which isn't, I mean, that's really not what we're doing. We were a little, after the any opposed thing, we were a little bit worried about that, but nothing's happened, so. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of ending early, so. <laughs> Any crowd questions? Okay. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, the next one, well, that, that's, that's a good question. The next one come out sometime in, in the next few weeks. Um, I have a few in the hopper. One, one that uh, the next one will probably be about the word of wisdom. Just explaining the history of the word of wisdom, how it came about, and how it's definitely, definitely totally inspired and yes. definitely scientific. Right, super scientific. Definitely the best way to protect your health. Yeah. Um, and the way and the way that we practice it in LDS Mormonism is also the best way to practice it. And, so, and who knew that all the uses of tobacco. Yeah, I mean that's and it, and it's remains so today. Yeah. As true today right. as the day it was written. Right. So <laughs> So there's a good one to add on related to that. How much alcohol is consumed prior to the recording of each episode? Randy. Wait, what was the question? How much alcohol is consumed prior to recording each episode? Uh, this was my diet coke. <laughs> um. <laughs> Spoiler it was not diet. He's kidding. It was uh, regular coke. I'm kidding, Sunstone. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, no, what I'm saying is, yeah, uh, I probably have about three scotches per episode. I can't mind at three. Otherwise, it gets too sloppy or too slurry. They did call me on one of the episodes, and I was far gone, and it was a very serious topic on sexual abuse, and I was at a conference presenting on sexual abuse, and I was, 
anyway, we were later at night, and I, I'm slurring all this. But you, you know, nailed it. But I did. I had great stuff. Even even impaired, I can nail that. <laughs> so three for me. I have, I have no, no comment. <laughs> Glenn has a sangria. <laughs> no? He likes the fruity drinks. <laughs> they were sitting far apart. <laughs> Are we good? On the feminist issue, too stressed. I'd like three glasses of wine on that one. I thought you had a question about feminism. I got a little nervous. <laughs> Uh, ERA today, ERA now. Yeah. And I'm serious about that. I'm not being sarcastic. So, so we have about a minute left. Any, do, do you, any parting thoughts before we wrap this up? Go down the road. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so maybe there was a little extra applause added to the end there. But hi, I'm Glenn, the reluctantly odd duck sort of Elders Quorum president, I guess, for the infants. And I like to think about getting more iTunes reviews when I edit episodes of Infants on Thrones. You can comment on the website, infantsonthrones.com, and if you really like what you hear, give the Quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did three times. And you know what else would be cool? Would really love to get more listener closings for our episodes. So how about making one for us and sending it in? Yeah, I mean you. Just follow the easy to follow instructions under the contact tab of our website. And oh yeah, anyone for the closing prayer? So, a few, raise your hand if you came to my Mormon Genome Project thing. Okay, so we're going to do a little poll just as a warm-up to kind of get a feel for who the audience is and a few funny questions. Um, so if you want to pull out your phone, this is just going to be an introduction, and then we're also going to use it during the script reading that we're later on. So you can pull up the website here. You can scan the QR code. The website's also listed on here. So if you want to catch up after I change the slide, if you miss it, it's right there. It's case sensitive, right? It is case sensitive. <laughs> You're going to mess it up for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give you a minute to do that. But uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to start with this poll. And then after, after that, we're going to do a script reading. So Glenn Ostland uh, likes to write scripts. <laughs> you, may, you may know. Um, some of them are really, really good. Um, and w- what we're doing is based on the movie Inside Out. Who saw Inside Out? recently okay so since the theme of the sunstone symposium is the mormon mind we're talking about most side out so your mormon mind turned inside out that's the theme of where we're going and you would have noticed in the movie that there were different colors associated with different personality types so if you haven't seen the movie 
what we're doing might not make a whole lot of sense. So I'm going to explain that. Um, it's not. It's not. It is actually it is brain science. Actually, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. All right. Is everybody ready to go? Okay, here we go. So the first question that was asked was, why are you here at Sunstone? And this, the results will pop up in real time. <laughs> but don't cheat. Don't look at these and then decide what you're going to do. Because that's, maybe that's the most Mormon way to answer the response here. But, um, I saw some knitters earlier, so I had to throw that in as an option. So, Yeah. 119 people responded. Two said to donate to Mormon Genome Project. Four uh, said they were here for knitting. Seven chose It Beats Working. 35 said I heard Brother Jake was coming. And 71 said because it's the Mormon Comic Con. All right, so now everybody knows how it works. (laughs) You got two... Yeah, yeah. They, they can talk to you after. Yeah, knitters, knitters, come talk to me. At this point, the poll kind of shut down on Scott, so he had to reboot the computer. But thankfully, John and Matt and Randy chimed in to keep the crowd entertained while Scott was fixing the poll. Sorry, it'll get, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> While we wait, have you guys noticed at Sunstone that every single time you have a panel, when it goes from one person to the next, they always say, I want to turn the time over to Scott. And it's just amazing to me. Every single time. <laughs> John Hamer, ladies and gentlemen. But how else would you say that? What's an alternative uh, phrase? You all know Scott. Take it away. All those other kind of things. But I'm just saying. I mean, it's. It means, I just don't know any other ways. Yeah, so I was yeah, curious I what you. the other ways were. <laughs> it's a very sacrament meeting delivery. Yeah. I like to bear my testimony. I know the church is true. <laughs> Can't you make that into a song? <laughs> We're not professionally funny. Is, uh, are you, are you getting your I'm getting it. No, it's not over. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Tip your valet. So this is why the show normally involves editing. Right. right. <laughs> this is a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> These are three-hour recordings. We trim down to uh, well, four hours. It feels like sometimes. <laughs> we John, John Delin the f out of it. Oh, sorry, that, that equals length. Do we have a Sunstone uh, official here? I just want a clarification. <laughs> We're, we're broadcasting this on a delay, right? So, seven-second delay, nine-second for Randy. Yeah. I just want to know—is it an official rule? I mean, could we be? Could, could they uh, kick us out? Just you. Just me. Okay. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. So we're gonna do some demographic questions. It's, it's more cool when it works. So, yeah. The second question was, how old are you? 129 people responded. One 
said under 20, one said over 70, five were 60 to 69, 18 were 21 to 29, 21 people were 50 to 59, 30 people were 40 to 49, and 53 people 30 to 39. This, this is cool. Yeah, Jake, Jake's the one under 20, if anybody was wondering. <laughs> Can the one under 20 stand up? Yay! Well, I, see two, I know two more here yeah, under 20, too. That's right. Yeah. Those are our Zelf on the Shelf participants right. here. Yeah. <laughs> What? I think there may be some over 70s, like my friend and I Yeah, so this is a sampling error with the over 70 crowd. It's definitely a, a nonlinear distribution that we're getting from the sampling because... We do have that question later. How many of you have smart devices? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. The third yeah. question was, how many children do you have? 136 people responded. Zero said more than 10. One said eight to 10. Six said six to eight, so you've got some overlap there on the eight. Uh, 30 said no children, 44 said three to five children, and 55 said one to three children. Another area of overlap that the audience found quite humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Choose your own adventure day, so, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right. That's why we don't do math. Does it feel like three children, or does it feel like yeah. more than three children? And then you go up. I like the Jim, the Jim Gaffigan line of, if you want to know what it's like to have four children, just imagine that you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> Yeah, John, you got to... I know, there's like a community Christ option, but I don't, I don't, you can't use, I don't know how to use cell phone, or smartphones, okay. so I can't... <laughs> no, yay! <laughs> At got the name right. I thought it was Church of Christ. Right. <laughs> Church of Christ. That's what Matt calls it, yeah. Um, no, was... We, oh, this is Glenn, yeah, okay. Um, we, we did have, we did find this out in my Mormon Genome uh, presentation. We did this before. No, it's a scientific fact that no one at Sunstone will identify as a literal believer. So it's just, it's just going to be a zero every time. The fourth question was, which of the following best describes you? 142 people responded. Zero said, never Mormon. Zero also said, a literal believer. One answered, community of Christ, non-Brighamite. 16 said, cafeteria Mormon or a liberal believer. 19 said, active, non-believer. Another 19 said, depends on the day, uncertain. And 87 said, post or ex-Mormon. And one person didn't quite understand the active non-believer option. You think active non-believers ambiguous? Active in church? Yes, church. Or active? No, in church you're active. You actively attend the LDS church, but you're yeah. It's not sexually active. Okay. It's if you're attending the LDS church and you don't believe. I I was in that purgatory for about four years, so um, near and dear to my heart. How many hours per month? So if you're answering 20 hours per week, you've got a problem, but it's per month. Question five asked, how many hours per month do you spend listening to a podcast? 140 people responded. Eight people said 
what is a podcast. And remember, we were watching these results come on the screen in front of us in real time. What is a podcast? Five? (laughs) 15 people said 16 to 20 hours. Uh, 22 people said 11 to 15 hours. 26 people said 1 to 5 hours. And 27 people said 6 to 10 hours. And then 42 people said more than 20 hours per month. So, so I never, I never had an iPod, an iPod before. Like this year, I got an iPod for the very first time, and it, and it was only like in January that I actually made the connection that, with what po- the word podcast means. Because I was like, seriously, never. And sometimes we do these type of questions on our program, and we've interviewed people where you just have to pick something. All right, who yeah. put in Brigham Young? I want to know who. <laughs> We're going to talk afterwards. Question number six, Joseph Smith or Brigham Young? 126 chose Joseph Smith. 12 chose Brigham Young. And each of them made Randy's hit list. Don't get him started. Don't get me started. I'm already anger. Ten? Yeah, well, there's ten. We're at the University of Utah, so there's ten people that just have to say Brigham Young. They're just trying to piss me off. Yeah, okay. Right. No, no, there's only the world's black and white. Okay, there's only there's only ever two options. Um, oh. Question seven asked Republican or Democrat, and 140 or 104 people responded. But Matt cut this one close because Democrat was just skyrocketing on the screen. Uh, 76. People identifying as Democrat, 28 identifying as Republican before Scott moved to the next question. Oh, everyone groans. Yeah. Those are all libertarians, we knew I'm that. sure. We knew that, Sunstone. Let's go to the next one. Okay. <laughs> Number eight was how many Sunstone symposia have you attended? 149 people responded. Zero of them said more than 30 years. One said 20 to 30 years. Three said 10 to 20 years. Seven said five to nine years. 28 said two to four years. And 110 said, this is my first. I spoke, I spoke to a gentleman yesterday. How, how, Lonica, how, what did he say? He said more than, it was like 40. <laughs> Mike, your old, your old bishop. He's been coming since 30, 40 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For a very small fee. All right. Question number nine asked, where do you live? One person said U.S. in the Northeast. Another person said U.S. Midwest, the true Zion. And another person said uh, U.S. outside lower 48 states. There was no one from Canada or not U.S. or Canada. (laughs) Uh, Five people from the South, six people from California, 11 from Idaho, 17 from Arizona, 14 from other states in the U.S. West, and 88 from Utah. This is the place. Did John, I even put Canada on there for you? I know. I get so many more categories that you guys otherwise would never think of. Just think if there was a woman and all the different things you think of on this. (laughs) You think of Canadians, community Christ, gay, but they're. (laughs) 
Okay. okay, so mostly Utah still. We have one token. I know. This was a question on my other study, and I wanted to, or my, my other poll that I did, and I just wanted to, to see if there was any difference, because the, the results really surprised me on the last one. Question 10 asked, for you, is Joseph Smith's practice of polygamy any different morally than polygyny? Which I gotta say, Scott, I don't quite understand what polygyny is. But forty-seven said yes, polyandry was worth was worse. Eight said polygyny was worse, and ninety said no, they are morally equivalent, but could be due to the fact that polygyny is not quite as commonly understood as polyandry. Hey, we're almost done. Okay. <laughs> You guys could tell we love surveys. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of surveys. They're so entertaining in real time. (laughs) It is. It is surprising, right? It is surprising, right? Wow. Yeah, that's not what I expected. Okay. We're almost done. We're almost done. We've got two or three more. Okay. Question number 11. What is your belief about the Book of Mormon? Now, can you see it on your, on your phone? Not, what criteria are they choosing here? Because I feel like... No, you can see it on your phone, green. right? I feel green about the so Book of Mormon. So this one I wanted... To, this, one I, this one I hid the, the answers. Okay, so any, these are ranked in the order of people... Of what people responded. So... The highest, with 56, was known fraud. The next one, with 55, was pious fraud. Historical, but definitely, or excuse me, historical, but not definitely inspired, was 30. Two that said mostly historical, and then one said it's historical slash most correct book. Wait, wait, historical but not inspired? How is that even possible? No, that's not what I said. Don't, I said, don't extend this out. Not historical, to get to our but definitely inspired. Okay. Okay. Did that make sense? Sorry. I said it wrong. Thanks. My, my wife's here to tell me when I say things wrong. This is Trent dwelling in the land of Mordor between two temples. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com, and if you really like what you hear, give the Quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.